financial IQ standpoint, understanding that there's different uh, investment opportunities out there, private investments, just like we were talking about oil and gas. I mean, a lot of people have no idea that you can offset, you know, taxes like that. Well, when you're in the know and you understand, you know, that's, that's the opportunity. It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there. But how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you've come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, accompanied by our guest for the week, Dave Walcott. And today we are the Two Smart Assets. For those not familiar with Dave, he's an author, podcast host, and the founder and CEO of Pantheon Investments, where they focus on helping entrepreneurs build wealth by passively investing in superior real estate and alternative assets to provide predictable cash flow, tax efficiency, and upside potential as a reliable alternative to the vol volatility of the stock market. Dave, it's great to see you, sir. Welcome to the show. Danny, grateful to be here to connect with you and your audience. Yeah, I, you know, we were speaking a little bit before we hit record, but I'm super pumped to have this conversation. You got something, you know, to share with the audience. Yeah, you're, you know, you just got a book that came that came out actually just today. So happy to share that as well. But we'll dive more into that. But before we do, uh, tell us more about your background, your story, and basically how you got to where you are today. Yeah, 100%, Danny. So uh, for me, look, I grew up in a middle class family in Connecticut, right? And I was raised that the recipe for success was to go to school, get good grades, you're going to get a great job, and you'll be on your way, right? So I kind of right. forged down that path, like I think many others did. Um, I got into school, started getting a little bit frustrated uh, along the way. Uh, but right after college, um, I had the opportunity to do the ROTC program and actually uh, join the Marine Corps um, after. And the Marine Corps was a phenomenal experience. You know, you just learn things there. You don't get anywhere else in the world. Things such as leadership, uh, mm. teamwork and integrity uh, that you really learn, right? And then after that, um, I transitioned into the tech industry um, and got into corporate America and just really kind of quickly got a little bit of frustrated, uh, mm -hmm. right, with conventional wisdom, uh, that type of thinking. And then at the same time, uh, my wife and I were starting to build a family. So we had an 18-month-old running around. We were trying to you know, get a handle on. Yeah. And then on October 24th, 2000, Danny, we literally had triplets. Um, it was, wow. it was really insane and it still is. Um, <laughs> but I could just tell you, you know, like the panic on my face after realizing I quadrupled the size of my family, you know, how am I going to provide for financial security for yeah. my family? Um, you know, that's all I could really think about. I mean, it, it, it was truly a miracle. Um, but I was, you know, really concerned with how am I going to do that? So, so this really launched me on this obsessive quest to figure out how the top 1% were really making their money. Because I knew that it wasn't as a retail investor in the stock market, right? right? And the financial planners were always just saying the same thing. You know, look, max out your 401k. Oh, you've got kids. You can do a college 529 program, right? Mm -hmm. And there's some 
you know, state tax benefits in there. Uh, but I knew this wasn't the answer, right? So um, I started investing in all kinds of alternative assets at that point. Um, and keep in mind, this is literally like just after Kiyosaki's books had come out. Um, it was very new days. I don't, I don't even think there were many podcasts around at the right. time. So I was reading books, trying to build up my relationship capital uh, with different folks investing in private equity. And I invested in everything from uh, raw land to retail to office parks, oil and gas, um, and you know a host of others, multifamily uh, syndications, mobile home parks, right? All of these different types of asset classes. Um, and then I also moved uh, into the B side of Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrant, right? And became a business owner okay. uh, because I knew I had to really optimize, you know, my tax situation at the time. So fast forward to 20 years uh, from now, and really, you know, my book is really an instantiation uh, of all the learning that I've had over that 20 years to really refine our investment thesis and really build this all weather. Uh, wealth strategy. And what I would say is really trying to build a system out of building wealth, right? And not look at it one dimensionally or one specific product, but build a comprehensive, you know, strategy around it uh, so that you can really realize your goals. And ultimately, you know, this is all about creating an extraordinary life that you want to live. You know, it's not about hitting some magic number, right? It's, it, it's being fulfilled. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that, especially that last point about being one dimensional, right? I think a lot of us are guilty of that, right? We find something, oh, this seems to work for us. It fits our life or strategy right now because maybe it's easier or passive or whatever, right? But it really is not getting the entire picture correct, right? You know, it's one of those things like we might be missing like our health or whatever, you know, we're working, we got the golden handcuffs and, you know, we're sacrificing something and we're not taking into account everything that we need to, right? So I think, uh, you know, the fact that you've spent the last 20 years building this and really refining this strategy, and now you're kind of making it available for the public to kind of like, you know, use, I think it's a massive tool for other investors out there right now, especially people who are looking to create a life by design and really take control of their life and investments. Right. So, uh, yeah, I just want to say thanks for, for putting that together, man, because it's going to be a, a great resource. Yeah, you bet, Danny. And it's interesting, right? Because, um, you know, at the time of this recording, right, we just had this major bank failures going mm -hmm. on in the market. I mean, there's just so much uncertainty out there, right? But if you follow what the ultra wealthy, uh, you know, family offices, centimillionaires, billionaires, like the strategies they're doing, they're making decisions for 25 year periods, mm -hmm. right? They're not reacting to things on a weekly basis. And the way to do that is when you put a strategy together, right? Numbers don't have emotions, right? right? So when you can start to put this strategy together and follow your system and have a process to it, you know, you can manage through the different cycles and through all of these uncertainties that we have. And that does two things, right? You know, because investing is very emotional, right? But it will alleviate your fears that you have, and it will also capture your opportunities and your excitement of, you know, where your future lies and what you do want to invest in and be a part of for the future. Yeah, I think that's huge, especially when you extend your time horizon, right? Like you're thinking like, oh, I got to do this within a year or whatever, right? You're going to be 
paying attention to a lot of that volatility, right? But if you if you extend that time horizon to say, like you said, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, like the ultra wealthy you're doing, they're not worried about these little blips because they've they've created the strategy to to weather those storms, right? And come out after all of that has taken place. So I think that's that's massive. And I think a lot of people don't really take that into consideration when they're thinking about these type of investments, right? Because, you know, and I've heard you talk about this before, the goal is really to multiply our investments or multiply our money, right? So what are the strategies we can do to use that? And I know we're going to talk a little bit about that in your five phases of, of your wealth strategy here. But before we dive into that, Dave, I do want to ask you a question. So there's a couple of uh, assets that you kind of talked about there that I'm, I'm I'm interested in, right? And one of them is, is oil and gas. I actually work in oil and gas, uh, engineer oil and gas. I graduated college, um, been working oil and gas for like about the last 10 years. But you know, you guys talk about investing in oil and gas and a lot of benefits of that. Can we, can we just dive into that a little bit before we get into your actual strategy? Yeah, sure. This is really kind of phase five of our strategy, which is, you know, kind of building massive passive income. Okay. Uh, but at the same time, you know, I, I, I'll frame this up, Danny, uh, with our investment thesis. Okay. So, you know, and just come up with a, hey, let's go invest in, you know, the energy sector. Right. So, so if you kind of just take a step back, right. Number one, we're looking at macroeconomic fundamentals. Right. And, you know, investing in the energy sector, you know, before 2015 wasn't necessarily popular. Uh, there's been not that much investment in it over the past, you know, seven years. Sure. Uh, right. Because everything is moving towards green. Right. That's the popular place. That's where people want to go. Uh, but part of our investment thesis is that if you go back and you remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right. We want to be investing in things that are at the base layer of this hierarchy of needs, which is food, shelter, energy, water, right? Things like right. this, that, that people need, you know, whether the economy, whether the banks are blowing up and the financial system is kind of blowing up, right? Um, or we're in a recession or we're having inflation. Um, you just look around in any course of the day to, you know, your wife's lipsticks that she's wearing, uh, to the petroleum products that we have, like, everywhere, right? And demand uh, on a global basis, no matter what country you live in, what industry you're in, you know, demand for energy is only growing. Okay. So, so first of all, we're positioned to have the, you know, where the macroeconomics support us. Um, and then we're also looking at things that are non-correlated to the stock market, mm, right? Okay. And then from there, we really like to uh, go for what I call the trifecta of investing. And again, if you have, if you compare this to the stock market and you have a thousand dollars worth of Tesla stock, you know, what do you have? That's really all you have, right? Sure. And the only thing you're hoping for is that that stock is going to go up in value. But in reality, it can go sideways, it can go down, <laughs> right? right? So hope, hope is definitely not a strategy. <laughs> uh, but if you have something like, say, multifamily real estate, or in this case, one of the um uh, oil and gas opportunities that we have that has a really unique business model to it is that we're always looking for assets that have three things. So tax efficiency, predictable passive income, and some type of lucrative upside potential on the back end where you can force value into an asset, right? So that makes perfect sense, I think, to people when you think about multifamily value-add real estate, right? That's, right, right? that's bread and butter. That's exactly what that does. 
Um, well, you know, we partnered with an oil and gas operator that does a similar thing, right? Where, you know, we're going after PDP locations, right? Uh, of different assets. And then we're, we're spreading out our risk across like five different basins um, where, and we can build multiple wells and then actually drive the value into those wells and then sell them, uh, to, you know, upstream to a bigger producer, uh, or maybe a pension fund or something like that versus the typical model where they, you know, they kind of bleed them dry right over time. Right. Um, but what's, you know, what's massive about this, you know, for investors is that, you know, it's a hundred percent tax deductible. Uh, you know, your investment is 100% tax deductible against your AGI, against your active income, right? Wow. So, you know, we're all interested, you know, I, I think a lot of us, we've invested in real estate before, and you understand that you can use depreciation to offset, you know, your passive income. But on the oil and gas side, I mean, this is huge. You know, if you're a high income earner and you can bring down, you know, your taxes significantly, um, you, that's money in the bank right away. Right. So I like, so, so again, think about this investment, right? Three dimensionally, you like, you make money right out of the gate in your tax in your, right. you know, in your tax savings, right? Before that passive income even starts. It, it, it's incredible, right? Cause I think there's a lot of people who don't, first of all, there's a lot of people who don't know about real estate syndications, right? We're kind of in this world. It's kind of like you said, bread and butter is, we know all about it, right? But this oil and gas thing is even uh, more niched, right? And I think there's a significant amount of people who don't know anything about this. And the fact that they can invest in these deals and take advantage of it by, you know, reducing their active income tax liability is it's pretty incredible, right? I mean, it's a massive tool that you could have in your tool belt as an investor. And uh, yeah, I honestly, I feel like we could probably dive into this for the whole episode. But uh, um, yeah, I, I want to definitely talk about your book. So I appreciate you diving into that oil and gas. Huge, huge um, tool for our investors. But so let's just move on. Let's talk about uh, your, your the five phases of your your wealth strategy. Let's dive into those pillars and kind of go from there. I know we touched on a little uh, one there, but uh, let's just dive from the start. Yeah, sure. So it all really starts with vision, Danny, right? If you go right. on a road trip, you're planning, you know, a massive trip with your family, what's the first thing you do? You plug in your GPS coordinates yeah. and then, you know, you you know exactly where you're going, right? right. And then you can kind of work from there. Uh, but sadly in America, right, uh, none of us really have the time, right? We're always kind of running around doing so many different things. We don't really have time to plan for our future. Um, and if you don't have a target, you're going to miss every time. So it's so critical to get crystal clear clarity on where you're going in life and what you're searching for. You know, mm. is it trying to create freedom of time? You know, is it trying to create freedom of purpose? You know, so you have more purpose in your life or your freedom of relationships to really, you know, deepen those relationships with your family, your friends, your peers, the things that really matter to you. Because when you can get clear on your why, I mean, just think about it. What's the difference between someone like Elon Musk and maybe that person you went to high school with who's still in the same town and the same job, yeah. right? It's all about creating a vision, right? And having the mindset to be able to get there. So, so this is really foundational uh, to our wealth strategy is getting, you know, crystal clear clarity on your uh, vision statement. And then the first phase, Danny, is moving into mindset, right? I know you have probably talked to family members, friends, colleagues, whatever about, hey, there's this you know great thing called a multifamily syndication <laughs> or something like that. Huh? What is that? And what yeah. is this response? People come back and they say, well, 
my financial planner says it's too risky. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, right. Not really sure about it. You've heard about ba- Bernie Madoff, right? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, thing, things like that. Right. So you've got to have a growth mindset. You have to always be a lifelong learner and asking questions and asking why. If you're in the room where you think you know it all, and and maybe you do in your particular discipline, whether you're mm. you know an engineer or a doctor, you might be at the top of your game, but you have to always be learning more and asking questions, right? Because that's when opportunities create themselves. Um, you can start to create goals uh, to map to your vision. You can create habits that actually support that. So you can actually start living your vision a lot sooner than you might think. And ironically, what's what's fascinating about this process as well is that some of these things don't even actually take money, right? So for instance, I had one of my goals was, you know, my my parents are starting to get a lot older. I want to spend more time with them. Well, I created a goal that I want to see them twice a year, right? right? And spend quality time together. Just requires a little extra time and planning from my part to be able to do that, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's phase one. Um, and then we move into phase two from there. Uh, and we call this really trying to increase your IQ and your capital, right? So, and, and that and that's in, in multiple different facets, right? So from a financial IQ standpoint, understanding that there's different uh, investment opportunities out there, private investments, just like we were talking about oil and gas. I mean, people, a lot of people have no idea that you can offset, you know, taxes like that. Well, when you're in the know and you understand you know, that's, that's the opportunity, right? Uh, We also want to be continually investing in ourselves and in our mindset and trying to always create a bigger, a future that's bigger than your past, right? And to do that, you need to be doing big thinking, right? So, so investing in yourself and the mindset is important. Um, And since this is a holistic strategy, Danny, we also talk about health. I mean, you could have all the wealth in the world, but if you don't have your health, like what's what's the point, right? Or or, or you know, so um, it's so important to focus on your health proactively, and then you can find that you know the more time you spend time doing that, you know, like I, I was just calculating, like okay, maybe I spend you know extra time every week working out because I'm a little obsessive about it. But <laughs> I could also say I haven't had a sick day, and I can't even remember a couple of years, right? And then the energy it provides me, the stress relief and things like that, because, you know, part of my vision is, you know, I want to be able to pick up my grandkids and and go swimming with them and do things like that, right? So so focusing on your health uh, is also, you know, a key, uh, a key part of phase two. And I'll just take a, a break here before yeah, we yeah. jump in. I, I do want to I, I do want to add on or at least uh, you know talk about that health aspect because for me personally, um, this is probably super foundational, right? Uh, just just pay attention to your health, uh, especially over the last few years. I've really started to get into that. But one of the best habits that I've ever uh, kind of put into place was exercising every day, just something, right? And it's like I usually do it right when I wake up. That's just kind of my habit. Do it right when I wake up, but it really sets the tone for my day, and I can always tell when I don't have that health portion or that win for the day, basically that whatever that exercise or some sort of health event at the beginning of the day, because it actually does affect my, my mindset, my mood and all that stuff. Right. And so, um, I think that, you know, when you think about a lot of people, 
kind of probably skip that and I kind of do all the other stuff first because it, it, you know, that stuff's important too. But really, the health component is the absolute foundation, at least for me and and maybe for you as well. But uh, it's the absolute foundation for basically everything because if I don't have that, then my my mental capacity is going to be low, my mindset's going to be bad, my mood's going to be bad, all that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to touch on that a little bit. Yeah, totally agree. And I'll give everyone a tip, right? I mean, basically, you know, he, so here is my process, right? I'm constantly learning about health, mindset, you know, financial IQ, mm -hmm. relationship IQ, all of these things. And so every 90 days, I'm being exposed to new people, new ideas, new concepts. And then I filter that down into, okay, I'm going to pick the top three this 90 uh, days, okay. and I'm going to implement those. And then they're now going to become habits and part of you know who I am. So if you make just on a health standpoint, let's say you make three significant changes every 90 days. I mean, that's 12 changes in the course of a year, that's you huge. know, which could be that's huge, right? That could be five to 10 percent, you know, in, you know, boost in your overall health, like in the course of the year. Yeah, uh, that's that's a great game plan right there. And it's simple enough to you can implement it easily, right? And as long as you're consistent, I mean, like you said, time's going to pass. It's just what are you doing every day, you know, to build the right habits, right? And so once you get to the end of that, so they say end of that year or whatever, if you were able to implement, like you said, three a quarter or whatever, like you're going to, you're going to see a lot of improvement. And uh, especially when you go reflect back at the end of the year. So I love that you put that, uh, put that out there and I love that game plan. All right. So um, let's, if you if you're open to it, let's go ahead and move on to the next phase. Yeah. Uh, eager to dive so into we'll, that one. Yep. So we'll jump into phase three. So part of the wealth strategy, this is kind of interesting because no one really focuses on this, right? All we want to always think about is creating yield and more yield is the yeah. answer, <laughs> yeah. right? But, but part of the equation is actually reducing your biggest wealth destroyer and focusing sure. on that. Okay. So the three biggest wealth destroyers that are out there, number one, it's taxes, mm. biggest expense, you know, whether it's in your business or your personal life, number one. Okay. So we want to focus on that. Number sure. two, it's stock market losses over time. People okay. fail to realize, you know, that over time um, you're losing money right? Because of the ups and downs and the nature of it, right? Compounding. And then you've got taxes, fees, and inflation yeah. uh, over time as well that eat into that 7% return really becomes more like a 2.5% return, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then the last one is government-sponsored qualified plans, which everyone says, oh, just max out your 401ks and you're going to be fine, right? But there's some things that are fundamentally wrong with that, which is like, number one, deferring your taxes till you retire. I don't know mm. about you, but with the current debt situation, the only thing I'm certain of is taxes are probably going up in the future. <laughs> yeah. So I believe in paying taxes on the seed rather than mm. the harvest, oh, okay? Yeah. So, yeah. so that, that is, is really important. So with understanding those wealth destroyers, what we want to do is create a team around building our wealth. And we also want to create an infrastructure. So 
What do I mean by that? Well, it's creating some some uh, systems and things that can be in place to support you on your journey. So number one, um, I'm a huge fan of the infinite banking concept, if you're familiar with that. And I've been using that with my wife for the past 10 years. Um, it's a phenomenal way to basically what it is, if you haven't heard of it, is it's a cash value whole life insurance policy mm -hmm. um, where you can put capital into uh, the policy, it compounds completely tax-free. You can give it to your heirs tax-free and avoid probate. It has asset protection in it because it's life insurance. You can create uh, income streams in retirement years that are completely tax-free. And then best of all, you create this you know liquidity in here that you can manage to you know, if you lose your job for six, 12 months or something, or you've got, sure. you need 18 months of runway, or you want to go wait, you have dry powder for that next deal. Right. So this is such a great strategy. We actually, you know, I got my license in that to be able to help clients with that because um, it's really foundational. And then, you know, I see family offices. This is like a cornerstone of what they implement. Okay. Uh, in the past two years, by the way, there has been such a massive spike in life insurance, right? Because there's so much uncertainty in the markets mm. and people, you know, are investing in that. So, so that's really key is setting up, you know, your infinite banking. So you have a liquidity strategy uh, to, to your um, plan. Uh, we also talk about asset protection and estate planning. Uh, you want to really create a fortress around your wealth to mitigate any potential risks uh, that are out there. Um, and then we also want to create a proactive tax strategy uh, that can really mitigate that biggest expense that you have, right? That, that, that is really, uh, really key. Yeah. And these are, these are massive points, right? And I think we could probably do a single episode on all and each one of these respectively. Right. Um, so these are massive points and you go through, I'm sure you go through this in the book. Um, Cause for a lot of people who are listening right now, these are, these are strategies that you're, you're going to want to get educated on, right? You're not going to want to just dive into something like this and without any sort of knowledge. So um, these are something you definitely want to get educated on. So, I mean, Dave, you're a great resource for this. So uh, if you're listening to this right now, if you have questions about this kind of stuff, definitely reach out to Dave um, before, you know, moving forward or whatever, just to, you know, just to kind of get a better idea or, or, or get the book, you know, and uh, I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff in there that kind of goes into these details as well. Yeah. Absolutely. So then, Danny, um, you know, once once you've kind of created this infrastructure, you've got the right mindset, you're getting smarter about looking at what other alternative options are out there. Um, a lot of people might say, OK, that's great, but I don't have, you know, free capital lying around to go invest. Right. So we call this the asset repositioning phase. Okay. Right. And what we want to do is understand, you know, your vision and your goals and where you're trying to get to. And then let's look at your current portfolio. And 90 percent of Americans literally have their capital tied up in two places. One is trapped equity in your primary residence, which has a rate of return of zero. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and then the next place is, you know, government you know, qualified plans, right? 401ks and yeah. IRAs where the government's telling you when you can take out your money, how much you can take out every time, right? So what you want to do is, is try to see if you can create more velocity with these things uh, to align with your goals and what you're trying to do uh, by moving into more efficient assets. Yeah. And that, and that's huge, right? Those, 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 
different, you know, repurposing, repositioning, uh, it can really be a game changer. I know, for example, I had a, I left a job a number of years ago, right? Had some stuff in a 401k. Well, I rolled that into a, a self-directed uh, uh, solo 401k Roth. And I was able, you know, of course I had to pay some stuff up front, you know, pay the taxes, pay the penalty and all that stuff. But uh, I got to tell you, I've, I've done very well on those investments that I've, that I, you know, repositioned from that. And they would have, they've done far better than they would have just sitting in the stock market, you know, or whatever the plan was for the, for the, for that investment. So couldn't agree with you more about repositioning. You definitely got to pay attention to that stuff because it could really change the trajectory of your investments. Yeah, for sure. So here's something for the listeners, Danny, if anyone is interested in this, um, we actually have a 401k exit calculator. Okay. So you'll, you'll appreciate this with an engineering background, right? Is I was going through, you know, I went through this similar journey myself, right? And I was sitting there saying, what am I doing with all this 401k capital? And I'd love to, you know, redeploy it. So what did I do? I modeled out the scenario of, okay, if I leave it in here, this is what it's going to yield, right? In the next 20 years. And this is, I can even give you some numbers, which is which is really um, insightful, right? So let's say you had 100K sitting in a 401K. You paid the 10% penalty, you're in a 35% tax bracket. So you have net 55K to invest. Mm. If you invested that into one of your deals every five years for the next 20 years, I'm pretty sure that your deals are roughly around a 20% type return, mm -hmm. right? With bonus depreciation, that's offsetting the income there. So that 55K can grow to over 2 million in 20 years if you just rinse and repeat that strategy. Wow. Now, if you left the 100K sitting in your 401K, guess what it is when it's net uh, fees and taxes at the end of 20 years? Let's hear it. 250K. What? No way. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. Okay. Holy so that's cow. how that's how this strategy and following a process that's like multidimensional yeah. really starts to snowball and explode. Yeah, I, that's huge, man. And that's, I, I love that you're able to, you know, put real numbers out there and kind of show, you know, what this could potentially do for an investor, right? So, um, man, again, just the repositioning uh, re, uh, of those assets, uh, you know, uh, it's just huge. And I think that, you know, a lot of people don't think about that, but you got to, you got to be educated on this stuff. So again, this is why this is a great resource. So, yeah. So I think that was, uh, was that phase four? Uh, let's, that was uh, phase four. Yeah. And the last phase, you know, is really taking action, right? So, Okay. I, I think a lot of us, you know, you know, maybe you're new to some of these different asset classes or or investing in this way outside of Wall Street and your financial planner, because they will tell you that it's risky. And the reason mm -hmm. why they're telling you that it's risky or they're classifying these, frankly, as alternative assets is because it's alternative to their agenda. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because they make money on assets under management. So even though the market was down 20% last year, you're still paying fees to them mm -hmm. for underperforming, yeah. right? And private equity assets, you actually get compensated. The general partners get compensated when the asset performs, when the investor performs. So that's what we call having like aligned interests, mm -hmm. right? But Wall Street really has their own agenda 
you know, um, that they're, that they're primarily focused on. So we want to be able to take action, right. And see, um, you know, get into one of these investments, you know, learn as much as you can build this infrastructure, uh, but take action and start building massive passive income. And that can be in, you know, any of the different asset classes we've talked about, whether that's, you know, self-storage, uh, multifamily, uh, mobile home parks, right? A lot of assets that you work on, Danny, uh, as well as oil and gas. And there's others. Um, we actually have a, a merchant cash advance uh, opportunity okay. right now, which is basically a small business lending platform um, that has some, you know, significant cash flow to it. So, so we're all about looking at different uh, opportunities and how they can plug into our strategy to really be able to support the needs that you have. And we also had earlier framed up you know, our investment thesis uh, with how we kind of select uh, these opportunities. Yeah, we definitely touched on a lot today. And I got to be honest with you, you know, we could probably double or triple the length of this episode, just asking questions and diving more into this, man, because there's really a lot. Um, but it's it's super valuable information that you've distilled down into a book. So um, this has been a great conversation, Dave. Really appreciate it. Before we get out of here, though, tell us there's more about the book, where they can find it, your company and, and uh, where they can connect with you. Yeah, absolutely, Danny. So the best place is just to go to our website, pantheoninvest.com forward slash wealth hyphen strategy. And there you could get links to your favorite retailer, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, wherever. Uh, but but definitely go there because we have a bunch of uh, free links, uh, bonus resources okay. from the book for people, uh, which includes the 401k calculator. Uh, we, we, you know, we have some other uh, tools. We have um, a due diligence checklist. We have some other uh, assets in there that you can access. So definitely uh, head over there to check it out. And yeah, I guess the other thing we have also... Um, is a, a podcast, Wealth Strategy, Secrets of the Ultra Wealthy, uh, if you if you want to check that out as well. Awesome, Dave. We're going to make sure to put all this stuff in the show notes. This has been super insightful conversation. A lot of great stuff in here. I'm going to have to go back and re-listen to this just myself just so I can you know pick out some of the gold nuggets. But really, thanks again for coming on the show today and having a great conversation. Yeah, awesome, Danny. Really appreciate the opportunity. Hey, real quick before we get out of here, do me a huge favor and leave a rating and review for the podcast. We're always looking to bring you guys the best insights and strategies for building our real estate portfolios and your ratings and reviews really help with getting top guest speakers that are the best in the real estate investing business. I promise this will only take you a few seconds and I'd really appreciate it. Thanks for being awesome, guys. Cheers.